Disney cartoons finally have a place to go. Meet your new neighbor, Totoro, and it's tough to forget Sarah Marshall. This week on 30-20-10. Welcome to 30-20-10, everyone. Your pop culture time machine every week looking back into the past 30, 20, and 10 years ago. This week we will be talking about April 13th through the 19th, 1988, 1998, 2008. Where were you? I'll tell you where I was because I am one of your hosts, Chris Antista. I'm singing Dracula puppet Diana Goodman. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk about that film. That might be my favorite <laughs> thing in this entire episode. Uh, yeah. Probably yeah. one of my favorite movies from 2008 if you've seen how, how lackadaisical we've been towards seeing all of them. But, uh, <laughs> but yes, we're going to talk about a ton of stuff, including a bunch of great films and a bunch of great television from the period of April 13th through the 19th, uh, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get it? That's how the show works. I got to welcome everyone. To 1988. April 13th to the 19th, Diana. Yep. Hi. Hello. Tiny bit of news. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what this means, but you Mac heads might. Mm-hmm. Uh, OS 2 debuts. Whoa. Is this the second operating system? I guess For the is. Macintoshes? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've never had a Mac computer. Really? Only Apple phones. Ah. And watches. And pads and tablets. Well, um, seeing as the Mac debuted in 84 with that famous commercial, mm-hmm. it took them four more years to make an operating system <laughs> to, to add to the operating system to things moved a little it. slower back in 1988 yes so we didn't need an os update every single oh, time we turned on our phone seriously there's an os update every time <laughs> i turn on my computer yep and you know what i was ahead of the curve with because i have an older phone mm-hmm. i have like a four. Oh my goodness <laughs> yeah i always go behind on the technology because mm-hmm. it's cheaper there was a point where i decided i'm not updating this os anymore because my phone is older and i don't think it can handle it yeah. and i was right probably no it turned out the, yes, yes they were the, intentionally well they were intentionally slowing it down slowing it down i was right now i am so far out of date that it tells me every day you want to update your os and if i try it won't do it oh really it can't do it i'm you, past that point you get another phone you get a newer phone for a nickel i'm getting a newer phone now all right finally i'll do it for you if you don't grr. no getting a new phone um by which i mean a refurbished old phone i'm gonna give you an update <laughs> uh-huh beetlejuice is number one at the box office Yay. this week in 1988 uh justifiably so one of the best movies of all time yeah other movies out this week uh appointment for death appointment with death appointment uh with death. this is one of the peter Ustinov as Hercule Poirot movies oh no made, shit made by golan and globus though really yeah so who um, kenneth Branagh is playing in murder in the orient express yes um, same on, guy on, on, on demand. I was going to say in theaters, but that was a while yeah. ago. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, they, they keep making these movies where they made them cheap, but they'd have these all-star casts and then there would be a murder and then you have to decide, uh, was it Lauren Bacall? Was it Carrie Fisher? Was it John Gilgood? Maybe it was Piper Laurie? No, it wasn't her because she's the victim. Oh no, could it be Haley Mills? No, Haley Mills, please don't. Maybe it was her twin sister. I don't know. It was Lauren Bacall, spoiler alert. Oh, God damn it, darling. <laughs> I just put it in my queue. Um, no, I've watched uh, all of these. There's three, I think, three or four Peter Ustinoff ones. Uh, Death on the Nile is uh, the better one. Really? Um, yeah, they're all right. A movie I did see but have a hard time remembering other than the Ice-T theme song, mm-hmm. Colors. 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 Robert Duvall, Sean, Sean Penn, in uh, what, a Los Angeles cop and gangster movie. The gangs rule the streets. The streets are at war. The war must be stopped. We want a uniform presence. Out in the street, they're flying their colors, we're flying ours. Get it? Um, yeah. I remember seeing this trailer <laughs> in a time I guess I probably shouldn't have as a very young boy, mm-hmm. and it scared me. 
Hmm. And it scared me. That's what life is like out there. It in the looks world. like a freaking war zone. Yeah. Uh, directed by Dennis Hopper. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know that he's actually in the movie. I don't think he's behind so. the camera the whole time. Yeah. Um, Colors comes out, people. Uh, I thought it didn't. I don't think it did very well. Sadly, no. But I feel like we're we're at the beginning of the wave of gang related movies, mm. including movie gang related. Um, <laughs> You know, but we still have Boys in the Hood is still to come. Mm-hmm. Menace to Society is still to come. You know, sort of these, the, the big Bloods versus Crips. Juice. Juice. You got the juice now. Yeah. Um, a movie I didn't see but looks fucking ridiculous. A movie called Plain Clothes, uh-huh. uh, which is a little too on the nose just because it's about a cop who goes undercover in a high school. Oh, it's Martha Coolidge joint. Nick Dunbar is an undercover cop. Matt, nobody's going to believe I'm a high school kid. Nobody believes you're a cop. And his next assignment is a journey through hell. This is going to be a nightmare. Abe Vigoda. George Wendt. Dope, uh, broken home, your old man slap you around, make a pass at you. Acne. He really, really, really does not look like a high school no. kid. They're, they're, maybe he's a very talented man. Uh, what's his nuts? Arliss, Arliss Howard. Hmm? Um, you could have cast somebody else to pretend to be <laughs> to, to pretend to be a teenager because that does not work at all. I have not seen this movie either. Uh, the Moderns? No, I haven't. The Modern. It seems very Diana. Uh, French okay. period piece. Oh. 1926. Paris. A playground for genius. This is art because I paid hard cash for it. Oh, it's a on fire. A showcase for the bizarre. A city Geraldine Chaplin's upset. I'm Tammy Gray. Tell me, are things as they uh, should be? It's right, things right. that you have your hand. The Moderns. Uh, That's by Alan Rudolph, who's a mm-hmm. filmmaker who I always, almost like his work. Yeah, he, he had the balls to try and adapt one of my favorite books. And mm. it, there was no way Breakfast of Champions by Kurt Vonnegut oh, can yeah. be adapted no, 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 very no, 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 well. No. It's, no. It's, it's a wonderful book, and it really can't work in a movie. And of course no. it didn't. Um, and no, not that version of The Night Before. I'm mm-hmm. talking about Keanu Reeves and Lori Laughlin star in a movie called Night Before about Keanu Reeves getting drunk at his prom, so drunk at his prom night, uh, he splits with his girl in a very devastating way and has to retrace the events of The Night Before. Oh. One big sip. <laughs> One low blow. He's in for the worst. I start acting stupid. Tell me, <laughs> having a toy store, he can explain. Your hands over your head! Now! I can pass! I did it! Insulting a pimp. Hi. He can rationalize. You got a guy around here named Tito. Tito? Tito. 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 Tito? The man is dumb. But selling his girlfriend, he can't even remember. Yes, he gets so oh drunk. Oh, my God. He sells Lori Laughlin. No. One of the most beautiful ladies in, in existence, Aunt oh, Becky. And and her lace gloves. Mm-hmm. No, that's how you know it's 88. That's, that could have been just a good punchline. I got so drunk, I sold, I sold my prom date. Um, that's maybe a better title for the film. Uh, there's also Brian Dennehy in Return to Snowy River. Yeah, it's called The Man from Snowy confused River. Confused the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh, because it's called The Man from Snowy River 2 in Australia, but kind of right. a movie that I don't, I've never seen The, the Man from Snowy River, but mm-hmm. it made a big global impact. Yeah. Uh, bef- Pre Crocodile Dundee and uh, Young Einstein. Yeah, well, it's basically <laughs> a Western, but it's in Australia. Yeah. Because you can do that. Australia has plenty of frontier oh, yeah. and deserty stuff. You can still, I mean. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't bother to hide that it's Australia either. Yeah. And, and, Mainstream audiences embraced it. Yeah. 
And this is a sequel. Um, it, it, it tried to hide that by calling it, saying Return to Snowy River. There's oh. other titles for it, too, um, in I other territories. When they do that. But it was very confusing trying to, trying to Google it, because that's only the title in America. Huh. Uh, I've never seen any of them. I vaguely remember seeing the original one. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's got a pretty good reputation. But speaking of good reputations, oh. we have a one-two punch what from is, Japan. Oh, this, Jesus Christ. I can't believe these two movies came out in the same week. Yeah, there's a... Oh, man, what's that great documentary about Studio Ghibli that was on Netflix for a while? Uh, but they talk about the, the rivalry and the simultaneous development nature of Miyazaki and Takahata. Mm. And maybe this is where it starts, because I did not know these two movies debuted as a double bill. Wow. Uh, because... I think it's impossible to enjoy in any order both My Neighbor Totoro and Grave of the Fireflies. <laughs> no. um, I, have, I have had the delight, the exquisite pleasure of introducing young children to Totoro. And it's Aww. magic and it works completely. So the thought of then sitting them down to watch Grave of the Fireflies. It Which seems is like about what exactly? I am not cruel enough to do that. Studio Ghibli <laughs> sold that. That's how you had to see the movies. On a double bill, released the same day, Grave of the Fireflies by Takahara-san and uh, Hayao Miyazaki's uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Now, Totoro, basically the icon of the Ghibli studio in general. He's in the logo. But these two movies are wonderful. Mm -hmm. Just wonderful. I'm not shitting on Grave of the Fireflies. Um, It was based on a book. The the author I was reading was very hesitant to adapt it for anything because like, you're not going to be able to show the devastation of World War II Mm. on these... Basically, Japanese towns made out of paper, and paper's really allergic to fire, and all these people end up homeless, and like it's this excruciating story of two children, orphaned, abandoned, kicked out of every home they have, begging for food, and it's slowly starving. Oh, God. Have you not seen it? No, I... I that's one it's of those... No, it's it's like, pretty notorious. Yeah, it's like, it's so sad, I know I should watch it, and I just can't. It would... In, if it like popped on television, which it won't, mm-hmm. uh, it would... A kid could be sucked in. There are cute moments. And then it, it, it's just one of the most devastating things I've ever seen. Mm. It's, it's a movie I've watched twice, and I will go out of my way to probably not watch. But recommend it to you if mm-hmm. you haven't seen it, because it's, it's fucking beautiful. Okay. A really good story that, that, in a way, you could only tell through animation, because it involves... It's centered around two very young children in war-torn uh, Japan, mm. like right at the end of World War II. And just, oh, oh, it's just... Devastating. Yeah, they they tend to frown upon you, you know, starving children actors. <laughs> you don't tend to get to starve your child actors. And in this in, case, in they movie. get to visually show it and then mm. take it to its logical extreme. Um, oh boy! Yeah, but then and I then, can't even believe I I feel like I, I'm having trouble transitioning out of this. Yeah. And Studio Ghibli showed them together. My neighbor Totoro. My neighbor Totoro, the most charming, adorable. Yeah. Look, I I am allergic to anime. <laughs> I have tried. So many times, more 25 years, people have tried mm-hmm. to get me into anime. They've shown me, I mean, the best stuff there is, mm-hmm. or the most important stuff. I've seen all kinds of anime, and I just, the aesthetic alone breaks for me. Somehow, I just can't do it. It's like I'm allergic. Well, some of, it's, some of it can be very tropey. Some of it uh, is, oh, is, is very 80s, and a lot there's of it... A, there's a million reasons why. The, the weird muted colors, the oversized eyes, the mm-hmm. squeaky voices, the sexualization of girls. That's what I mean by 80s. The, yeah, the, 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 the sl- how slow, how many few frames there are. A, lo- a lot of jagged. anime yeah. is basically Stallone material yeah, from the there's 80s. Just, uh, and there's like a lot of lore, and the main character is usually a whiny bitch. And... <laughs> And there's, there's a lot that rises above. There's so much. To, and Miyazaki has mm-hmm. been the only thing I can just watch it and enjoy it 
and I don't start sass mouthing it because <laughs> that's usually what I do. I, st- I, t- I start mystery science theatering it. I can't help like it's oh you've got eight foot tall pointy hair. Good for you. Yeah, there's but, none of that in me. You would no, love. You never see up that to now. Me. His last movie, The Wind Rises. I, I strongly. Oh, Wind Rises was fantastic. I thought it. I think it's fantastic. I yeah, love that movie. I, I haven't seen a bad. Miyazaki film. Well, and what's interesting and is it's... And Totoro is so damn charming, but, but also has some serious stuff in it. Yeah. You know, but not Grave of the Fireflies serious. Like, yeah, a sick mother. Yeah, and the kids are sort of on their own, and then they meet this magical... Discover magic in the world. Like, so big fluffy dude. Describe the movie. Uh, magic kids kids stumble upon magical stuff going on. And in that's the woods, it. And much. like there's there's and, a cat bus. And watching, <laughs> I won't proclaim to be an expert in Studio Ghibli, but I've been to the the awesome not the studio but they mm-hmm. have a little attraction in, in outside of Tokyo and it's beautiful I've seen all the movies watched them all the time rewatched them when they came to our local theater mm-hmm. um, but the documentary I didn't know this where does a Miyazaki get its feel from movie get its feel from mm-hmm. he writes in storyboards uh, he, he writes oh. in storyboards so there's no written thing he just draws until the story finds itself wow. and once you watch those movies it's like yeah you're just watching a really creative dude just draw shit sometimes there's no story here or mm-hmm. resolution yeah it's just a pleasant trip to usually japan mm-hmm. uh and this movie is fantastic i've watched i've watched little especially little girls oh, become yeah, absolutely smitten with this because it just it essentially centers around two little girls and i i got worried about its status in the united states yeah yeah because like for a long time like totoro i don't know when we saw it i couldn't confirm that totoro had a u.s theatrical screening Oh. Um, it came over on a Fox home video in 2003, and it's those were notorious messes. Studio Ghibli right. doesn't like you to fuck with the, anything in translation. No cuts. Mm. We're gonna show raccoon balls and little boy, <laughs> little girl tits. Leave that shit in. Don't cut our fucking movies. And yep. it, I think Fox did a bad job. That thing is now gone. And Disney partnered as a distribution partner for the U.S. with Studio Ghibli like 20 years ago, and it just ended. Wow. It only now just ended. The reason why we know more about Studio Ghibli movies is because the people of animation at Disney were helping spread that word through their distribution companies, getting stuff in theaters and on home video. And it's always been hard to get on DVD because, mm. like, when they went to Japan, they charge Japan charges whatever it wants for games and movies. There's no s- set price, mm. and so two disc Blu-ray of Porco Rosso, seventy dollars. Oh, and so that affects what they allow Disney to charge over here. You mm. you cannot find these movies streaming because Studio Ghibli no. will not allow it. Yeah. And the distribution with Disney ended, meaning those DVDs are officially out of print. And I also don't know who owns the dub because mm. the dub here is is pretty good. Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not I know subs versus dubs. People, I'm not showing a four year old a subtitled movie. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Ellen Dakota Fanning as oh. the little girls and Tim Daly as the dad, and it's perfectly oh, pleasant. That's nice. I don't know what the status... I looked into it. G-Kids is now the distributor. And they've done amazing things. They've done a lot of those streaming into movie theaters, like oh, week-long events of just right. all Ghibli movies. And I think they're slowly releasing things on DVD, but there is no official in-print Totoro Blu-ray right now. Mm-hmm. And if you have them, they're now scarce and rare. Mm. And I lost mine in the divorce, and I'm really pissed about that. I had the whole collection, damn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I was really concerned for Totoro, because it is a really magical film. Yeah. That, it's really charming. I mean, some of the other, Miyazaki's other stuff is, I think, of the stuff I've seen, it's the lightest. I mean, mm-hmm. it's definitely lighter than Princess Mononoke or Porco Rosso mm-hmm. or Wind Rises. Absolutely, it's, it's a good companion. To or Spirited, Spirited Away. Away. Spirited Away mm-hmm. is like it's like its older sister. It's mm-hmm. more more grown up, a little more 
creepy and scary, and Totoro is just sort of all happy squishy. Yeah, it's it's perfect, but not like dumb. Yeah, it's not stupid, and it's just so it's just so pretty, so much green. Yeah. I love Totoro so much. It won over even me. So if you're like me and you hate anime, give it a try. You'll yeah. like it. And hey, maybe look at our YouTube channel. I snuck a camera in there and filmed against the wishes, no. <laughs> against the rules. Got a shot of the the cat bus the kids can play in. And, um, yeah, it's a really really special building. Uh, so cool celebrating animation. You can see movies there directed by people like Miyazaki that Mm -hmm. you literally can't you can't buy there's never been on TV they're not streaming you have to like you just have to hope the right one is airing when you're there and it's the only place you can see it I saw the egg princess there's a (laughs) there's a 320 pixel JPEG of that and that's the only thing that exists online of that film you can only see this 10 20 minute film at the uh, Studio Ghibli I forget what it's called it's not a museum it's not where they animate shit Hmm. it's just this like celebration of animation and their work it's really cool, though. I guess I should stop talking about it. Moving to TV of 1998. April 13th through the 19th. Because, holy shit, this gets weird right off the bat. I might not want to go <laughs> chronologically. Let me. I'm, I'll get to the April 13th stuff last. Because uh, Probe, which we brought up a few episodes ago. Yep. Uh, final episode with a great title. Quit it. Oh, um, they and did. On April 15th, I quoted this as, Is CBS desperate? But I looked into it, and apparently this is an annual thing for a while. This is the kind of thing that comes up on TV that makes me feel really old. I don't remember this airing. But like, I don't, I can't imagine an environment where this would pass for network programming. But here you go. Friday, it's the greatest show on earth. The all-new 118th edition of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. Hosted by Grammy winners, The Judds. See, Tahar, The Alligator Man. The Incredible Wheel of Death. The Heart-Stopping Quadruple Somersault. Real African Zulu Warriors. Animals of all sizes. Clowns and lots, lots more. Friday at 8. So, an annual airing of a fucking circus. Hey, look, a circus. A circus. I called it on another episode of Laser Time, the world's oldest merger no one cares about. <laughs> That's three different circus companies combined right. into one Ringling brand Brothers, that is dead. Andy Barnum and Bailey. That is dead, and it's it's and tragic for dead. me. Uh, the, have you ever seen the news? Like, oh, Ringling Brothers Barnum Bailey Circus has its first ever woman of color ringmaster. Yeah. She went to my high school. Uh, we have mutual friends and then immediately they shut that shit down and it's over so Diana we have outlived the circus <laughs> the fucking circus I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I, obviously circuses aren't too great for animals I would guess dwarves probably aren't having a great time I feel like we have circuses still mm-hmm. but they they have changed the, this very traditional three mm. ring circus yeah we're seeing that die but we have well we got circus LA yeah <laughs> That's technically a circus. Got circus in the name. Yeah, we're not throwing whips at any more lions. And yeah, exactly. We're not breaking those elephant spirits or punching alligators or there was a bear. Yeah. Uh, but yes, and then we also have on the seventeenth. Let's lighten the mood a little bit with the attic, the hiding of Anne Frank. I watched this at Sunday school. Did you really? I did at Jewish Sunday school. It's all on YouTube, and it, reading more about it, I thought it looked pretty interesting. It's I've pretty seen, good. I've seen the diary of Anne Frank. Yeah. But the story is about the woman who is responsible for us even having the diary yeah, of Anne Frank. Yeah, Meep Geese. Who just, she only passed away not that long ago. She really? made it like well into her 90s. Yeah, she's a goddamn hero. Yeah. Where she, she helped hide the family. Um, and then, you know, when the freaking Nazis came in, like she managed to like grab the diary and hide it and... Yeah, she kept she kept like two families alive for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, she's re- and, like everything I watched in Diary of Anne Frank. She's the woman outside bringing them food and yeah. warning them when the, the Gestapo's coming in. And right, you got everyone be quiet for like a day because there's a guy <laughs> there, there's a guy cleaning the carpets downstairs and he might he hear might you. hear you. Yeah. It's behind a bookcase and then she's played by uh, Mary Steenburgen hey. and she was the office assistant to 
Otto Frank, father mm-hmm. of Anne. Yep. And I, is he, was he the only survivor? Yeah. Um, yeah, his dude. his two daughters and his wife uh, all perished. Yeah. Um, yes, but we wouldn't have the diary without her. Yep. Absolute freaking hero. Just a normal person who just did the right thing. It's mm-hmm. like, I got to do the right thing. Help these people because otherwise they're going to get killed. And they got killed anyway. And appa- apparently like her not getting arrested and executed for doing this was yeah. like a fucking miracle yeah. that she didn't get killed for helping. Not to be confused with Women in Prison, a sitcom we talked about. Uh-huh. Uh, that was a terrible transition from Anne Frank. <laughs> April 19th, uh, NBC airs the primetime special Women Behind Bars. And okay. I, I couldn't they're find... They're there. Well, that's the thing. Hey, look. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't find anything, like the actual special, because this is like a just a nothing NBC special, but I remember seeing something like this around this time, and the thought of women in a prison mm-hmm. just blew my mind. I, it had never, ever, <laughs> ever occurred to me that a woman committed crimes or that there'd be a prison especially for women. It was like, <laughs> I just remember asking my dad all these questions, like, really? Chicks in a prison, if that don't beat all. Not, not that one specifically, but yeah, it, I had no idea until I saw, a, I would guess, a primetime NBC special in 1988. Mm. And also on April 19th, Case Closed, a movie with Charles Durning and uh, Byron Allen. Yay. And I want to jump back I around. I like Charles Durning. Uh, and I, 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 I hate this guy we're going to talk about. Oh, uh, fuck this guy. On April 13th, Geraldo Rivera, hot off of Live from Al Capone's Vault, where he found nothing, which we talked about about two years ago. Roadmaps! <laughs> Roadmaps! Uh, <laughs> airs the live syndicated special Murder, live from Def- Death Row. One of the highlights is something we'll get to in a moment, but this is just... I was watching part of this, and it's just so scummy. Mm. It's so outlandishly panic-stricken is he just is he talking to murderers he's talking to murderers he's talking to like forensic pathologists and he just just listen to him hype this shit he's talking to murder victims um about how murder it's all around us it just feels scummy from Geraldo. there are killers on the loose traveling from town to town state to state stalking their victims kidnapping raping then murdering them what would you do if you got out of here I would probably do the same thing all over again. What would you do? Try to murder everyone on the planet Earth. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, maybe we should have watched the circus show. Um, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of shit like that. But it's capped off because it's two hours. And it was Jeez. later sold on VHS. But, of course, this and uh, The Attic, all free on YouTube, uh-huh. was uh, it did score the best ratings. Oh. Uh, other than the journey into Al Capone's vault, which mm-hmm. was unsuccessful, but he did successfully pre-tape an interview in between mm-hmm. all of these live segments with Charles Manson. Oh, good. Uh, yes, very, very good. Which is like, he, oh, who do I pick in a fight? I, Gosh, I want nothing more deep down than to watch footage of Charles Manson in interviews. But I know it's wrong. Mm. You know what they tell you about like school shooters now? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of the attention yeah. they wanted, and you're. Yeah, don't pay him the attention. Even talking to these guys and yeah, it was a very naughty thing you did. You're still glorifying these people in a weird way. And just, I love watching Charles Manson footage, but you mm-hmm. learn nothing. Yeah. The dude is insane. He's a product of just a terrible upbringing, became oh, yeah. an even worse person, but there's nothing of any consequence to learn from him in any interviews. He doesn't make any sense ever. Yeah, I think you'd be doing yourself a favor if you want to watch Charles Manson speak is to just watch Bob Odenkirk on Ben Stiller's show. <laughs> 
That's right. Because totally he about nails that. it with the, like, you know, ask Manson. He's like, how do I get this red wine stain out? He's yeah. like, I'm the stain. I'm the stain in your children. I'm in your head. You can't get me out. And You should try lemon juice. When I, sometimes <laughs> when I'm like ADDing and have too much coffee, I feel shame and embarrassment. Charles Manson never does. And nah, he, nah. he dials. He's even three times worse than that. But when it comes to terror and violence, no killer has more notoriety than Charles Manson. Yeah, I, uh, I, I chopped up nine hogs, and I'm going to chop up some more, you mother. I'm going to kill you as many as I can. I'm going to pile you up to the sky. I figured about 50 million. If I could get about 50 million of you, I might be able to save my trees and my air and my water and my wildlife. You want to kill 50 million people? Well, that's, that's just a drop in the bucket to what's really coming. <laughs> Welcome to the sick mind of a mass murderer Incapable of compassion Alienated all his life from normal society He lives in a bizarre world of violent thought I don't care about your society The public's a bunch of assholes <laughs> When it comes down to it, they're for, they're for sale They're what you, bought What do you care about, George? I care about life but you care All about life but You'll kill 50 million people oh, No, I didn't say I would kill anything I'm reaping the heads in thought I'm Jesus Christ. Whether you want to accept it or not, I don't. Jesus, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, I'm going to kill 50 million people on a mission of peace. Like, <laughs> there's nothing to learn from you. No. Sounds like the fucking president, actually. Mm. Like, you're just, you're just babbling. Yeah, that's he's just, just babbling. That's, that's just been him. And uh, technically, I'd like to say he did not actually kill anybody. Yeah, I know. He just ordered a bunch of deaths. So if you can say I killed nine people, he's nine. a dangerous person. And you didn't. Kind of the perfect, you're the perfect. He's the perfect. Person. How about this guy? Mm-hmm. And didn't kill anybody. Yeah. But if he you were, tried to. if you were pitching the idea of prisons, yeah. he would be in your presentation. You'd have <laughs> Charles Manson as in your PowerPoint. Uh, but that is it for television nineteen eighty eight. Oh uh, fuck that guy. Sorry I, about they that. still haven't figured out what to do with his body, have they? I oh, think, was I, that an issue? Yeah, I think they still have him on ice. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? Why? What's what's the issue here? I don't know. Burn I mean, it, just like you would me. I I think I think his kids are fighting it out because he his has children. He has a couple kids. Yeah. Yeah. They do um, a lot of fucking. Yeah. Um, it, you know, from different women all, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One guy he only found out like when he was an adult. Can you imagine that? Like oh, you're raised by a single awful. mom and you find out, oh, P.S. Your dad is Charles, Charles Manson. Man- oh, no. I, but I think I remember hearing about that guy. Yeah. He's like, changed his name entirely. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. no. He but he knows. looks kind of like him. And it's oh, like, oh, God. you poor bastard. But <sighs> there's something they're fighting about. So, like, no one can profit off of it or something like that. I don't know. Is it for sale? Well, Patreon.com slash laser time. We'll make a new tier. Well, Get Manson's <laughs> body on every show. <laughs> well, that was the thing where, like, a year ago or something, mm-hmm. that he was going to marry this, like, 20-something-year-old. That's right. And it was so she could claim his body oh, and no, make I'm, money off it. I'm single. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. moving anyway, into the games of 1988. Enjoy your time in hell. <laughs> The games of 1988. Uh, this is roughly around this time, Diana. I don't know if you know of uh, Data East Bad Dudes. Bad are you dudes. a bad enough dude? Oh, are you a bad s- enough dude to save the president? That's right. President features a special appearance by President Ronnie. Oh. Uh, and it's very clearly Ronald Reagan, but skirting some <laughs> legal issues, he, they just refer to him as President Ronnie. <laughs> Uh, the president, it, it reads, the president has been kidnapped by ninjas. Are you oh, no. a bad enough dude to rescue the president? That's all you needed for a solid 
80s arcade game pitch back in the day. It tells me all I need to know. Got it. Yeah, all right. You, Very succinct pitch, who, what, bad dudes. Who, what, where, when, why. Got it. And moving to the music of 1988, as we close out this segment, you have new releases. Reba by Reba McIntyre. The Innocence by Erasure, uh, which includes Chains of Love. Yep, huge um, hit. Savage Amusement by The Scorpions. Uh, Diamond Sun by Glass Tiger. And Tracy Chapman's self-titled debut, which went platinum six times over. I really wanted to play Fast Car, but there is another car-related song is no. number one that is like the most 80s song ever. Wow. So maybe I'll find somewhere to play Tracy Chapman <laughs> later it, because I have this album. It's a fucking great album. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much every every girl I knew had this album. Yeah, it's really, really good. You know, talk about revolution and yeah, a bunch of other songs. But the number oh one song God. is Billy Ocean's <laughs> Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car. None more 80s. It's the 80s. None 80s more 80s. Is thing. Well, enjoy this last little bit of 80s because we are heading into 1998, people. Take us out, Billy. Montel Jordan song, no? but we happen to have one here. Thank you, Die. Let's Ride by Montel Jordan <laughs> featuring Master P and Soak the Shocker, yeah. which is number two this week. That is out right now. We also have new albums, 1998, April 13th to the 19th. These discs rocked music lands and Sam Goodies or wherever you bought music <laughs> at that point. Uh, Bring It On by Gomez. Music Has the Right to Children by Boards of Canada. Uh, and When Forever Comes Crashing by Converge. All My Life by Casey and JoJo is, of course, still at number one. And how's this for some news to bring you into 1998, April 13th to the 19th? Mm -hmm. Hey, X-Files fans, do you want more information on your favorite show? I do. You can get your fix every day with the website, (gasps) thex-files.com. What's a website? (laughs) What's a website? Well, I'll tell you what it is. It has all the plot synopsis you could ever want uh, on the past shows and text about upcoming episodes but hey fox on the ball make an official website uh you also have and i love this because i'm a kid at heart whammo Mm -hmm. the old toy company is uh back on its legs it has purchased mattel sports division so not only owns the arrow Mm -hmm. and all that other whammo crap it now has frisbee hula hoops and a bunch of other what would you call it active toys Hmm. i don't know if they have skip it never topple skip it but uh, <laughs> movies of 1998 April 13th to the 19th City of Angels is still numero uno Barf. but we definitely have a bunch of other movies worth mentioning and I saw a ton of these for some reason mm. Goodbye Lover yeah a Patricia Arquette movie with Dermot Mulroney Mary Louise Parker and Ellen DeGeneres Benjamin Dunmore has it all elegance wealth respect and a mistress when you get steak at home you don't go out for burgers <laughs> who just happens to be his brother's wife. Isn't that a cool Oh, silly. Don Johnson, come on, get out of town. I did not see this movie. 
No. But I did see uh, Home. I'm guessing she's trying to kill him at some point. No, I cannot remember. It's a comedy. I, mean, I think it's a pretty lighthearted comedy. If it's called Goodbye Lover, mm. I'm guessing someone's either getting killed. They're going to try to kill someone or they're try to screw them over somehow. For revenge. All right. I'm going to have to take your word for it. But funny revenge. Uh, also a little funny, but I just, I remember I saw this and I really liked the cast and I loved Half-Baked bringing pot comedies back because it mm-hmm. hadn't been touched since the Cheech and Chong era all that much in mainstream film. A movie called Homegrown mm-hmm. uh, has John Lithgow, Billy Bob Thornton, Hank Azaria, Ryan Phillippe, and I'll watch anything with Hank Azaria, wow. uh, but a, but a comedy about marijuana farmers. The number one cash crop in America isn't wheat. Isn't soybeans? Isn't well legal? And will cause the following effects on you and your friends. Yo, I don't know whether I'm sitting down or standing up. <laughs> sitting. All right. How do I stand? Sudden, violent, uncontrollable laughter. <laughs> Are you gonna be all right? TriStar Pictures presents. You guys are breathing too deep. <laughs> Academy Award winner Billy Bob Thornton, Hank Azaria, <laughs> Kelly Lynch, John Bon Jovi, Ryan Phillippe, Judge Reinhold, John Tenney, Ted Danson, with John Lithgow and Jamie Lee Curtis. I just think we should Jesus. stop and think about this. I have thought about it and I agree with myself. What do you mean? <laughs> Homegrown. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Yes, a movie directed by uh, Stephen Gyllenhaal. I remember not loving this as much as I wanted to, but mm. uh, good. Come on, we got to have good pot comedies every couple of years. Yeah, that's true. Give it to us. Just give us that. Um, speaking of comedies that are not so great, mm. is kind of, is this the last theatrical hurrah for the major league series? Oh yeah. Well, they're heading back to the minors, so you can't call it major league anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Back to the minors, and they should should have been called major league. We couldn't afford an MLB partnership anymore. We mm. have to make up a team like the Buzz or something like that. Yeah. And replace uh, people like Wesley Snipes and Charlie Sheen, who no longer want to be a part of the series, with Scott Bakula. Yeah, but they still got uh, Dennis Haysbert and Corbin Burnson. It's true. This season, the funniest guys in baseball... Just take a deep breath and let it rip. ...are back. <laughs> Mr. Buzz got nailed by that missile. In a completely different league. Please send me one real baseball player. Major League uh, back to the minors. As long as Euchre's there. Euchre is definitely there. And you got a movie. Um, but I, you know what? There's a lot of parallels now I'm thinking to this in the Police Academy series. It's just mm. enormous ensemble of silly people. And I bet, right. you, I bet you they wanted to spin this in the ground too. I saw this, this next movie mm-hmm. and I forgot most of it. And I tried to rewatch it again. It wasn't terribly interesting. Nightwatch. I was I never heard of it. So in love with Train Spotting. I'm like, whatever right. the Ewan McGregor kid does, I'm there. Mm. Uh, but this movie also co-stars Patricia, Patricia Arquette, Josh right. Brolin, Nick Nolte. Two in a week for Patricia mm-hmm. Arquette and John C. Riley. It's it's Ewan McGregor, a college student who takes a job as a night watchman at a morgue, okay. but ends up being implicated in a murder and um, necrophilia, <laughs> a necrophilia case. Okay, it's just not very remarkable as far as I can remember. Huh. Um, but I, I did not love it, and I never watched it again. I feel like. Ewan McGregor has a, an untapped gift for comedy. Mm. He can be very That's funny. true. That's true. I just want to see more of Ewan McGregor in general. Yeah. Like, I feel like he got paid enough for this awful Star Wars prequels. He just retired and does nothing but ride his bike across the country on A&E. <laughs> um, but here's an interesting little film. It's not for me, but it was perfectly charming if you saw it. Mm-hmm. A little, uh, let's open it up with a, a man talking, a Russian man talking to a bird. In Russia, I was a teacher of literature. In America... Cleaner of bird poop. I am lonely. 
miss my language. I just would like someone to talk to. Join the club. What? He said join the club. He's intelligent. He can talk. Speak. Now don't you think if we had an animal with that kind of intelligence, somebody here would have noticed? You can talk. Of course I can talk. Then why are you not? Talking just gets you in trouble. Why you say that? It's a long story. I'm Russian. I like long stories. My life began with Marie. All right, that's Tony Jaloub. It's this storytelling <laughs> device. Is this this Kurt Polly can tell a say, story? Uh, if it didn't start going into a flashback, mm-hmm. I would be like, "This is one froggy evening exactly. with a bird." <laughs> just the opening is, but it's a perfectly charming kids movie, and I, I love. I like Jay Moore mm-hmm. a little bit, and like he talks about how much he he hired Buddy Hackett to be in his show action. He was a big mm-hmm. fan of his and a good friend of his, and this is him basically doing a Buddy Hackett impression yeah. as a parrot. And I just I just really like his voice. I think his voice is soothing and a good a good kid's voice and some really cool animatronics in this mm. film for this subtle bird that mm. just all it does is talk and get into silly situations. But I I don't know. If you got kids, probably not a bad thing to see. Aye. Uh also restaurant with Adrian Brody, Ellie Sneal, uh, and Lauren Hill. Question mark. Exactly. I'm not seeing a movie called Restaurant. No. Not after what Diner did to me. Ooh. Um, but this it tricked th- you with popcorn, didn't it? I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I think we already talked about Suicide Kings because it was released in small releases a year ago. Oh, I think maybe we did. But it had a major major release this week. It's a really fun movie, also with Jay Moore, but also Christopher Walken, Dennis Leary, Sean Patrick Flannery, uh, Johnny Galecki, Henry Thomas, and Jeremy Sisto. Yep. Every, <laughs> they, everybody. I want every boy. I was in it somehow. Um, <laughs> well, maybe you were in it. You don't even know. But a movie I did see, because mm-hmm. um, I was really interested, you ever see the movie Sour Grapes? I have not. Do you know what's notable about it? No. Uh, this is what Larry David did when he quit Seinfeld. Oh. And it's very, it's almost jarringly Seinfeldian because it's not <laughs> those characters and it's just, it's not shot like a sitcom. There's no pause for laughter, but the character Craig Bierko plays is like really, really broad. Hmm. Uh, and I'll tell you an anecdote a little bit in, in a second. This is about two, I think they're cousins or best friends or something like that. And they go mm-hmm. to Vegas. One guy hands the other guy a quarter and he wins a jackpot. Oh. And they have to start talking about a split, and it just fractures their relationship and affects everyone around them. Oh, boy. I'm rich! I just won $436,000 and 50 cents! I don't believe it! They were my quarters. You think he should give you money? He should give me half the money. I was the one playing the machine. Don't you give him a penny. You'd be crazy if you do. Why should I give him money from my machine? It's his money that you're playing with. He gets nothing! It was my quarter. I'm playing the machine, Dumbo. Yes. Kicked out of the limo. And how you can see how Seinfeldian it is. A small George Costanza-esque mm. problem that becomes everybody's problem, and everybody has a hard opinion on it. Yeah, Birko's going so over the top. He's, it's like Jim Carrey levels of over the top. It's you want to know how over the top he goes mm. in this movie? He sucks his own dick. Oh. <laughs> It's something they talk about in the beginning that he can do. And he's like, what do you think he's doing tonight? And they just cut. You don't see everything. But like, yeah, you see it. You see the act act going on. Uh, Larry David really using that R rating. But this is a huge flop. Huge flop. It was marketed as the guy from the guy who brought you Seinfeld. But it was before Larry David was essentially a household name. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to talk about him uh, a little more in the next segment. I'm going to make you wait. 
Okay. Instead, I'm going to make you talk about the object of my affection. No, with I don't want to. <laughs> with Jennifer Anderson, Paul Rudd, Steve Zahn, Allison Jenny, and Alan Alda doing a tremendous performance. Academy Award winner, Academy Allison Award Jenny. Winner. Yes. When Nina met George, she found the roommate she was looking for. Nina's told me all about you. Nice to meet you. Hey, I feel better knowing somebody's keeping an eye out for my girl. The friendship she'd been searching for. We should go dancing. <laughs> I'm signing us up. Honestly, even when I was desperate to marry Sydney, I never carried on like you do. And a complication. I think that Nina and George have a great relationship. No one was ready for. Are you sleeping with her? Vince, I'm gay. You so, uh, are? Oh, no. Yeah, Paul Rudd plays a gay man and moves in with Jennifer Aniston. Uh, and they eventually develop a bond, a friendship, and decide, hey, maybe we raise a kid together. Uh, okay. Maybe we try sex together. And, it, you know, it doesn't okay. really work out. You didn't right. see this? No, it was too rom commy for me. But a great cast. Um, Does have a great cast. Um, God, Paul Rudd's still so cute. He's, <laughs> he's still so cute, but even that, back then, oh my God, he's just so cute. And he's got two two movies two weeks in a row. Yeah. Um, so adorable. Yeah, I did not see this, but I believe this might have been number one at the box office, I believe. Mm, maybe. What is it? No, uh, I feel like, you know, it was one of those movies that, like, the other girls in the dorms all went and saw, and I just kind of <laughs> went. Eh, yeah, but in its to its credit, it's a kind of the unmaking of a relationship. I, I give it some credit there. I guess around this point, pretty much anything that had a cast member from Friends in it, I was mm-hmm. like, eh, I don't want to. And that was my loss because I missed off on Office Space when it started. Ooh, yeah. You when all, it, when and that, you did see Lost in Space. What's wrong with you? Once it was at the Dollar Theater because I heard it was so <laughs> bad, I wanted to take it in. Uh, well, that's it for television. Uh, April thirteenth to the nineteenth. Moving into the television. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to get terrible. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I never saw an episode of Love Boat, so I don't even. No? Not until I got that over the air antenna. Mm-hmm. And I hate bringing this up, but. Uh, I've never watched it before. I'm like, it's on. Let's see what happens. I've heard the intro song. Mm-hmm. And then it just says, guest starring Hulk Hogan and Bruce Jenner. And I'm like, <laughs> this has to be worth talking about. <laughs> um, and it wasn't. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm, yes, that was, I'm saying what the name was in the credits, people. That, right. But I've never, I've never seen an episode of Love Boat. But it was something that I thought was kind of a, a ubiquitous punchline. Yeah. If you were talking about 80s. Programming. It's because it's really stupid. <laughs> because it's you know it's I, it's a weekly show where there's a basic cast that's always there that's mm-hmm. cheesy. Oh, that's right. Then, you always bring in new guest stars, and as they there's always the, dock somewhere else. The weirdest guest stars. You usually have like a couple like classic Hollywood actors, Hulk Hogan, and, and a couple you know local <laughs> new people you've never ever heard of. Charo. And a charo, and you know, just like because you have you have to get so many, you churn through so many actors that it's like you end up with these bizarre combinations of like <laughs> guest starring Betty Davis and Yakov Smirnoff. Yeah, <laughs> Betty, Betty Davis, the Captain and Tennille, and Ruth Buzzy. <laughs> it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah, and that's that's the only reason I remember it because jokes about the guest stars and it it has let's be honest a fucking stupid name but of course of course well we're rebooting everything in the late nineties mm-hmm. a uh, UPN desperate for eyes <sighs> concocts love boat the next wave oh no and I know the theme song the love boat like love exciting and new. the fucking nineties version is so nineties it oh, makes no. me want to pull my fucking ears off. Oh, no. <laughs> Love. 
not not a fan. And hey, guess what? We have nothing else to say about this show at all. I'm guessing you didn't see a single episode of it either, did you? Hell no. I wouldn't watch this shit. And I didn't have UPN. Take that. Uh, Did not see an episode of that. Did you see what aired the next night on VH1? Oh, I super did. Is this this was the first the, one? This is the first one. Okay. VH1's Divas Live. Ooh. This was so cool. This is back when VH1 had Did music, music stuff. music, yes. <laughs> Actually had a whole bunch of music. So they put on a concert for their, like, I guess it's basically a benefit for, like, mm-hmm. their music education nonprofit, but the lineup is just all super divas. Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, Gloria Stefan, Shania Twain, the Queen of the Divas, Aretha Franklin, P.S. Carol King. <laughs> <laughs> Who Just Aretha stomps on. Duetting their asses off. Yeah. I mean, they, they're singing each other's songs. They're singing other songs by other women. You know, they're singing their big hits. Uh, Gloria Stefan does like a medley of all her hits. And then at the end, they all come out to sing uh, You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman, which is supposed to be started by Carole King, mm. who wrote the song and sang it the first time. Mm-hmm. And Aretha fucking steals it away from wow. her because she's Aretha. It's it's so strange. I feel like I ignored this. Yeah. But I feel like if I pitch this now, everybody like, that's a fucking great idea. Yeah. All these musicians together performing songs together. Performing together? Yeah. I mean, don't like, you want to see like Celine Dion and Mariah Carey like get into a trill off? Yeah. <laughs> and you might get this at like an award show, but you don't yeah. have a full show devoted to these musicians. Yeah. Maybe you'll see something like this at the Grammys. And maybe it's happening on PBS and we just don't know it. Nah. <laughs> so that's the only that time the I see like, live music on the on channels before Channel 100. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anymore. yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can find uh, huge chunks of it are on YouTube, individual numbers. Cool. That's pretty good. I don't know anything about this next TV movie on April 18th. I don't. Since you've been gone. Either, but it is uh, starring and directed by David Schwimmer. And I will say one of David's favorite karaoke songs. Remember our buddy Dave Rudden. Mm -hmm. Um, And also on the 18th, a channel debuts. What? Just for Christopher. Yeah. Uh, But I did not, it was not available in my town. Oh, no. Now you can have access to that rich heritage right in your own home every day. Introducing Toon Disney. Creating the only 24-hour home for Disney animated characters and the heritage of Disney animation that families value and trust. Toon Disney features a wide variety of award-winning quality. Yes, yes yep. it does. You can't trust that Cartoon Network. And I, and I know I'm really old. Mm-hmm. I know I'm really old, but I, this makes me feel even older because I felt old in 1998 because it's mm. like you can see Donald Duck cartoons kind of getting forced out of the Disney Channel. Mm. Not even not even 6 a.m. can you see a fucking Donald Duck cartoon. And you can see the Disney Afternoon mm-hmm. kind of this is over. Let's wind it down. Let's take it off the Disney Channel. Like, God, it's all going to go away. And then they announced to Disney like, oh, it, they made a new house just right. for all my favorite shit to live in. And it's gone again. <laughs> it's gone again. You can't see any episodes of Darkwing Duck. Or you Aww. can't see a fucking classic Mickey Mouse cartoon. Like, anywhere on television. It's such a bummer to me. But Toon Disney started out with that idea. Disney had so much, let's use modern marketing speak, inventory. Mm-hmm. Why not shove it all over to its own channel? And yes, it would eventually become Disney XD. Where they're, you know, it, But it's awesome. It started out as a channel that showed DuckTales. And now it's a channel that shows DuckTales. <laughs> but it's new. It's uh. But it's it, Disney XD had just a remarkable trajectory. It kind of got Disney interested in buying Marvel because the cartoons would perform so well there. Hmm. But it ended up overshadowing all the stuff that they owned. And I just, <laughs> I keep begging, like, Disney, start your fucking streaming service for Christ's sake. Like, let me watch these old cartoons, please. Uh, but tune Disney for a little bit, for a hot second there. Hmm. Uh, it became the, a great place for old Disney animation. Speaking of animation. 
uh, April 19th, the Simpsons episode, Girly Edition, airs. Mm. Uh, do you remember this one, Di? Bart and Lisa become co-anchors on uh, Kids News. Oh, yeah. And now, Kids News. With Kids News anchor, Lisa. Thank you. Our top story today. In a move that could affect children town-wide, the Library Book Purchase Committee slashed its budget by 3%. First on the chopping block... Periodicals. Boring. <laughs> and now sports. Bart Simpson telling you to lock the doggy in the barn because here comes dodgeball action. The shirts continued their domination over the skins today. And in schoolyard fights, the highly anticipated match between Kearney and Mr. Largo ended in a disqualification for use of dog do on a stick. <laughs> I'm just playing these because I'm running out of episodes of The Simpsons I remember seeing as they aired on Sunday. Um, um, we're almost gone, but Talking Simpsons, you can hear all you, all the Simpsons shit you want on uh, Talking Simpsons every Wednesday. Look it up in your podcast feedery. Uh, and a, a TV show called You're the One debuts on April 19th. Forgot to research it. Oh. I don't care that much. Okay. But there are no games out this week. No. So we, there's nothing to talk about there. We have to close out 1998. And then the only way we can with a natural woman from Divas Live. Yeah. Hopefully it's a good, hopefully it's a good version. We will see you folks in 2008. I had to face another day Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I wanted, since you, since you talked about the, the female version of it, I wanted to do a, a brief reading of what I wrote after reading the book back in 2015, which is a parody of Ready Player One where everyone's obsessed with the absolute worst of 80s trash culture. Uh... <laughs> Wearing the standard Gunter uniform of a faded Coors t-shirt tucked into pleated jeans, I began my 97th viewing of Hot to Trot. <laughs> Suddenly, Artemis appeared in my mom's rec room simulation. Her fluorescent green scrunchie shone through her crimped hairstyle. I just played a perfect game of Double Dragon, I bragged, indicating the Tiger LCD game still clutched in my hands. <laughs> After beating Rude Dog's score in BC's Quest for Tires, I awoke on hardwood. I had to reenact the Heavenly Bodies aerobics contest. <laughs> Spuds McKenzie has long since taken over the Cadillac Cats. Heathcliff was powerless. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of april 13th through 19th yeah i got a, a serious recommend 75 years ago this week we got uh, some british war propaganda like we dive at dawn with 
John Mills, and Taxi Mister with William Bendix. The 43 was a weird time, guys. There's a war's war going on, and no one knows what to do. Definite recommend from 50 years ago, this week, April 17th, 1968, Francois Truffaut's The Bride War Black was released, starring Jean Moreau. This is a cool movie. Um, some people not too into French New Wave, you know, they think it's kind of slow and sort of boring, and this one's a lot more fun because... It's a revenge picture. It's basically Kill Bill without the violence. Uh, it's about a lady and her husband gets killed um, like on their wedding day and then she vows revenge and she starts going after the guys responsible. And uh, Jean Moreau, RIP, passed away last year. She is like the most French actress ever. Like she, she has super resting bitch face and she just always looks really pouty and pissed about everything. And now she gets to really use it. You know, Trofo knows what he's doing there. So uh, that's my recommend. Bride War Black. Um, yeah, it's a Frenchy, new wavy, fancy, artsy film, but way more watchable than a lot of what you're probably thinking it's going to be like. Uh, and that's it for this week. Stay classic. Business like a winning interview. But this is private between you and I. Touch my body, put me on the floor. Coming in with Touch My Body by Mariah Carey, which is number one in the week of April 13th through the 19th, 2008. And you maybe want to describe what we saw in the music video? Um, Mariah Carey is scantily clad and she is molesting. <laughs> Not, uh, what, basically a geek guy, uh, geek squad type guy who's played by Jack McBrayer. Oh, oh, Miss, Miss Carrie. Who we'll be talking about in a minute. Yeah, um, and it's also, just to, just to prove it's 2008, he is playing a Guitar Hero controller. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Well, Mariah Carey, number one this week. We also have new music releases. Lady Antebellum's self-titled debut, E equals MC Square by Mariah Carey. Raise the Dead by Phantom Planet and The Vegas Years by Everclear. A little bit of news to bring us into 2008. What happened on the 13th here? I I tried to back this up as much as I could, but as far as anyone can tell, April 13th was the first confirmed use of the word mansplaining mm -hmm. in an LA Times op-ed written by Rebecca Solnit. I believe I I believe I lived underneath her. If she's really? lives here, yeah, she. I, it's a terrible story about me, me sleeping on a friend's couch uh, and masturbating in the middle of the day and forgetting to close the door. So Ew. I think, and I wonder if the woman who coined mansplaining <laughs> saw me doing like I, I heard them walk up the stairs, not realizing the door was open. Oh. Uh, so that's my claim to fame there. Oh, so it's your fault. I could, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't explaining. It was explained through mine that, uh -huh. I, that I needed to come. No, you see, here's what you were really doing. Well, Actually, <laughs> you were doing this. I'm going to you know, womansplain you, Diane. I think you, I think you know where mansplaining came from, but actually, it was created by a man. Uh -huh. um, no, I don't have any impression. Actually, here. it was something that we've all lived with as women for many, many years, and nice to have a word for it. I had no idea it was a problem. Usually, we just call it patronizing. No, really? Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk so long about Geraldo. <laughs> um, I know you're the real authority on that. But on uh, April 19th, what happens? Uh, and then uh, Pope Benedict the 16th, the, the previous pope, not mm -hmm. the current pope, the pope that resigned pope. Nazi pope. Nazi Pope. Um, he visits the U.S. and he celebrates Mass in Yankee Stadium. Yeah. He can sell it at Yankee Stadium. That's pretty cool. That's pretty you know, nuts. He's a Pope. Uh, movies. April 13th through the 19th, 2008. Oy. Uh Man, yeah, it doesn't get it doesn't get much better until we get to our final film. 
Uh, we have The Forbidden Kingdom. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've not seen this. I watched this last night. Jackie Chan and Jet Li. Because yeah. Jackie Chan and Jet Li had never been in a movie right. together before. So I was like, well, let's give this a try. And it starts out, I'm like, oh, this is going to suck. Because <laughs> it's about like a white kid getting bullied. And then he runs into the magic Chinese shop and a magical thing transports him to another world. And I'm like, Ed Asner's there. Oh, this is going to suck. And then, to my absolute pleasant surprise, it does not. Really? Um, the kid is not super annoying. I um, mean, he's a teenager, not a kid. I think that helps that he's, mm-hmm. like, 17. Um, he's not super annoying. Jackie Chan and Jet Li both get bitchin' fights. For a while, you think maybe they're not going to fight each other. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to see them fight. And then they have a really good fight. Fight choreography by Yen Wuping, who's the best of the best. Really? He's, I mean, Crouching Tiger, Drunken Master... Uh, did, the Matrix. I did not look into this because I thought it was a completely different movie. Yeah, I, I was just like, eh, I thought it was something else. And then I watched it I'm like, yeah, I mean, the parts of oh. it sort of drag, but it's got, it's worth it for the, the fight Jackie scenes. Jackie Chan movie. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of more of a Jet Li movie. Mm. But it's worth it for the fight scenes, which are all phenomenal. And they do have like training montages of this kid getting good at Kung Fu, but it doesn't become the best at Kung Fu. He just gets good enough to not be immediately killed, mm. but still gets his ass beat real bad. So I appreciated that. And it has something I had never seen before. What's that? Gently laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he because, does it in uh, The Expendables. Because there's parts of like him cracking up because uh, big chunks of it are based on Journey to the West. Mm-hmm. So he, he also plays the Monkey King. Really? And the Monkey King is like a wacky, trickster, cutesy guy. So he's like really good makeup and he's like bouncing around and fighting all these dudes. He's like, hee hee, hoo hoo, ha ha ha, you can't catch me. Me, 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 me. And it's like, oh my God, Jet Li can smile. <laughs> I never get to see you smile, Jet Li, and you're wow. so cute. That is so great. And then shout out to whoever designed the poster. Jackie Chan and Jet Li are spelled crossword style. Right. Using the J, Jackie Chan cross, right. Jet Li down. So it's not quite clear who's top exactly. build. They're both top. They're corner build. Yeah. So Very this cool. was, I mean, it wasn't like a great movie, mm-hmm. but like if you're into like wuxia and stuff, wire work, kung fu. I think it's important that these it's, two. It's worth watching. Yeah. These two like uh, Hong Kong megastars. Yeah. Get I to didn't, be in a movie uh, you know, anytime that they're not fighting, I was sort of like, eh, but I don't feel like I wasted my time. And it's not like they're gonna they're gonna be able to fight in a, any newer movie. This is yeah. all you got. Uh, their fight scenes are really. There's a scene with Jackie Chan. Jack. There's a couple scenes where like they do different styles of stuff, but mm-hmm. mostly Jackie Chan does uh, Drunken Fist, Ooh. which that's like his thing. I mean, it's so good. Where he starts like using the the whiny white kid mm-hmm. as a weapon. <laughs> there's a bunch of picking <laughs> him up and throwing him at people. Wow, <laughs> it's a lot of fun. All right. I yeah, should not have overlooked that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a medium recommend for me. Awesome. Uh, what about Pathology? No. A movie I've, <laughs> I've never heard of. No. And Happy Go Lucky, which I'd never heard of, but stars Sally it's, Hawkins. It's Sally Hawkins' big debut. Of Shape of Water. Yeah. Shape of Water is the first movie I ever saw her in, and it was jarring to, to watch Paddington for the first time. <laughs> and like, oh, the mother's the one who masturbates with the egg timer. Mm. Uh, but I'd never seen her in anything, but this is looks like a really cool role. Yeah. She plays an unflappable, uh, unflappably cheery person. Right. In a very cruel world. The only thing I really heard about this movie is like, holy shit, the Sally Hawkins girl is amazing. Yeah. I, yeah, like, I can't believe it took okay. me 10 years to hear of this person. Yep. Um, and it's only going to get worse from here. It'll get better in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, I think it was a couple weeks ago, Dennis Quaid had to solve his own murder. Yeah, in DOA. Well, uh, Al Pacino is going to up the game because he's got to solve it in less time. Oh, no. Yeah. 
Who's this? TikTok. Who the hell is this? Dr. Graham, as a forensic psychiatrist, will John Forrester rape and murder again? In my professional opinion, John Forrester is a serial murderer. Yes, yes, flashback. Who's trying to kill me? Uh, this movie got terrible reviews. Oh, it's supposed to be so bad. Yeah, like, I feel like this was uh, pretty early on on how did this get made. They really? They savaged this. Yeah, well, I guess None that's None of it makes sense. 17% on Metacritic. Oh. Goddamn 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. How did Damn. this happen? Remember when Al Pacino's name used to mean something? And I, I like a real time thriller. There yeah, aren't too. that many of them. Yeah, and Nick of Time. Yeah, I'll, Nick of Time is, I'll watch is it pretty every good. Time. But, um, oh, this is bad. It's it's almost better than the next movie, which is hard to call a movie. This got savaged by critics. Um, uh, would that be this documentary? Documentary by Ben Stein. Um, uh-huh. who we talked about last week uh, dancing a jig on a reality show <laughs> it was probably to promote his movie Expelled No Intelligence Allowed uh-huh. about how scientists are oppressing intelligent design theories with their evolution mumbo jumbo such a man who is mostly known well as Ferris Bueller's teacher but as mm-hmm. someone who was who is a living quiz show computer that you had to beat for money and Nixon speechwriter and Nixon someone you know is smart yeah. But like defending his like all evolution. I, I he's not saying evolution is all a lie, mm. but he's trying to he's trying to make the point of intelligent design. Okay. Uh and it's got an incredible uh opening to the trailer. Oh boy. Moving through history in an unguided and undesigned way, the theory of evolution. Excuse me. Yes. Ben. How did life begin in the first place? Mr. Stein, you have the same question. Every time. Well, you never answer it, sir. It develops. It dis, we are. Dis, you, you know, we've been through this so many times. You have. Could there so... have been an intelligent designer? Ooh. Ben Stein, you're expelled. Go to the principal's office. I tried to watch this as a joke, mm. and it's still really hard to sit through. Mm. Uh, yes, but fucking terrible. Expelled. No intelligence allowed. When when is everyone going to finally notice that? Uh, evolution and intelligent design are completely compatible. Yeah, totally. That they're not opposed to each other. You can just say God is the one that caused evolution. Yeah. Or God guided it with His mighty hand. As long as you accept that that God doesn't give a shit about you. Well, <laughs> he let all these things happen to you. <laughs> yeah. But no. So yeah, those complaints about oh, our schools are indoctrinating our kids to becoming liberals and somehow not liking getting shot at. Yeah, that's been around a while. I'm just trying to have them figure out how the world works, not how yeah, you prefer man. it to work. Yeah. Ah, but a really good movie I think that holds up from 2008. I'm happy to report it is on Netflix right now. Yeah. Uh, it, Russell Brand, Mila Kunis. Uh, what am I forgetting his name? Jonah. Jonah Hill. <laughs> Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Paul Rudd. Kristen Bell. Jason Siegel. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Everywhere I look, I'm reminded of her. Why don't you go on a vacation? I could go to Hawaii. Welcome to Turtle Bay and enjoy your stay. Peter. What are you doing here? Came here to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a disaster. Go someplace else. I'm not leaving here. It'll look like I'm running away. Wait, why are you whispering? You're not following them, are you? Oh, God. Get out of there. Go to your room. Uh, <laughs> I really do like this movie. Yep. Uh, so, charming. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Written by, Jesus, uh, I just lost his name. Jason Siegel? Jason Siegel, yes. Yeah. Doing full frontal nudity. Good for him. Yeah, but you I know, appreciate that. You got you to gotta hog like that. It, 
pretty he's like he's like six seven feet tall I'm like there's no shame in showing this flaccid wiener on screen i would show it proudly anytime anybody asked me <laughs> yeah but then uh, Kristen bell does a whole bunch of like oddly covered sex scenes yes. there's always a sarong somewhere in the way um this is yeah this is just a fun damn movie it's one um, of my favorites of the Apatow well, i guess era. it's technically a rom-com but it's also a discomfort com in the yeah you know he's broken it, he gets dumped and then ends up at this resort the, the to, same to resort clear as, his mind from being dumped and wallowing yeah. in his sadness goes to a resort where his girlfriend who's who also dating a movie star right, right, Russell ex, Brand, ex-girlfriend is fucking like a rock star yes. um, in the room next to him in the room next to him and he's just constantly I feel like this was a lot of people's introduction to Russell Brand definitely I think so too yeah uh, especially I mean outside the UK um and then also, I mean, but floating around, you got like Jack McBrayer. Mm-hmm. Now, instead of getting molested by Mariah Carey, <laughs> he's getting sex lessons from Russell Brand. And uh, we get a preview of Siegel going full Muppet. And the, his dream is to write a Dracula musical and that's, starring puppets. I remember reading about <laughs> which like... Which is hilarious. The movie ends with a giant Dracula <laughs> Muppet sing-along musical number. And it's awesome. And it's like, I remember him being interviewed saying like, how did you come up with that? And he's like... um, that was the first thing I ever wrote because I wanted to make that a movie and <laughs> I sent it to Judd Apatow and he's like, are you okay? Like, don't show this to anybody. And he ended up salvaging, he was trying to make a Dracula musical puppet movie and he ended up salvaging it for the end of the movie that he wrote. And I think that's that's totally admirable. That's amazing. And I, yeah, I don't know if I'm a broken record about this movie, but I've been broken up with before. Yeah. The whole movie, you you feeling bad for Jason Siegel, like what did I do to deserve this? Mm. And then like I don't know, you have this awesome turn somewhere in around the third act where Sarah, yeah, dude, I didn't walk away from this. Are you fucking mm. crazy? I even went to the trouble of getting the clip because like this is essentially the all the ingredients for why I'm always broken up with. <laughs> Listen, I get it, okay? I just I need to understand what I did to make you cheat. I just Pete. It's not anything you did. You didn't do anything. I mean, you were great. Will you please cut the bullshit and have a talk with me? Fine. Cutting the bullshit. It got really hard to keep taking care of you when you stopped taking care of yourself. I tried to get you out of the house. I tried to get you off your little island you love so much. The couch. You didn't want to see the light of day. God, there was one week when you you wore sweatpants. Every day. Oh, you know what? If they were Sean John sweatpants, it would have been fine. But because they're Costco brand, it's like the worst thing I could do. That has nothing to do with it. That's what you don't get. I'm sorry that I didn't end up being who we thought I was going to be, you know? I tried really hard. I promise you that. I just didn't have it in me. I think if you just maybe tried harder. Oh, I tried. You have no idea how hard I tried, Peter. I talked to a therapist. Talked to my mother. I read every book possible. I took love seminars. I took sex seminars. None of it worked. None of it made a difference to you. And I couldn't drown with you anymore. Don't you dare sit there and tell me that I didn't try. That is that is mm. that is Chris to a T. Like not putting, not realizing you're not putting any effort into a relationship. Yeah, I like that. That's something that you don't tend to hear in yes. movies, and that's a, that's a much more realistic thing than like we drifted apart yeah. or I fell in love with someone else. She like, cheated on me. Right. It's more complicated than that. No, it's it's not anything that you did. It's all the things you didn't, didn't do. do. Yeah. Right. It's an Apatow comedy, and it was somehow 
I think the most mature approach yeah to a breakup like that mm-hmm. and and he tries to have sex with her again and can't get hard and yells at him like I hate you now so my dick doesn't want to be anywhere near you <laughs> and runs out of the room still funny I'm just saying it's on Netflix forgetting Sarah Marshall yeah. um, directed by who was it Nicholas Stoller uh, dope ass movie but moving into the television of 2008 April 13th to the 19th I was just say um, Forbidden Kingdom is on uh, Amazon oh is it yeah okay I might have to check that out I don't yeah, I it's, was, it's not a... I'm surprised there's not more written about Jon Stewart's Night of Too Many Stars oh yeah um, I watch them every time it's like I love them they're like every other year and this right? is like the no. only year they've ever been archived anywhere so you could watch them again there's oh. like no video of them there's no wiki that the one wiki i found was like a a, a really hardcore right wing just it started i w- didn't know what? what i was reading it was it's like the what third does that link have to do with it? it it it's like the third link there and i'm reading it stephen colbert's jewish friend john stewart hosts like <laughs> jesus christ like i'm not reading that what the fuck is this um but i love it i love the i want to be stephen one. colbert's jewish friend <laughs> Sure, you could be. He's got room for he's got room for all. He's a nice guy. Um, but this is yeah to benefit autism research. John Stewart. Mm-hmm. It's not annual, and it it's bi- went, it's twice every two years. Okay, okay. every other and year. And it was HBO the previous year in twenty seventeen, yeah. or maybe this year. There were sometimes it was Comedy Central, yes. and I think this last time it was on HBO. It was, but right. uh, yeah, huge benefit. That looks like it does a lot of good, and just has mm-hmm. a bunch of funny. People come out not unlike Divas Live and yeah. uh, collide and play off one another. Yeah, but they also like they auction off really goofy stuff mm-hmm. you know like uh this this last time they had um i think we're gonna what jj uh, abrams yes yeah <laughs> it's like jj abrams will tell you what's going to happen in the next star wars we'll whisper the story of star wars episode right. nine in your ear and the dude had to sign ndas held by stormtroopers so i don't yeah. know that he didn't actually well, get that while they were doing that, and someone else was telling was whispering something else at the same time oh. and to cover it up they had gilbert godfrey come out and explain <laughs> the plot of something else <laughs> so that we couldn't hear what was happening awesome. it's like and now i'll tell you the plot of problem child 2 when i i just i do love these things i wish they aired annually and i wish yeah. they were a bigger deal because i feel like they're only a big deal to me uh but these special guests tonight included will arnett matthew broddick steve carell steve colbert Susie Esmond, will ferrell tina fey jonah hill kevin Oof. james rosie o'donnell amy Poehler. Conan O'Brien, Adam Sandler, Sarah Silverman, and Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Damn. And all these celebrities are like usually working a phone bank. Right. And talking to people. So I have a clip of Jon Stewart throwing to uh, Kenneth Jack McBrayer. And he's all over this one. And now we're going to check back in with our celebrity phone bank. All the great stars there to thank you for helping this great cause. Jack McBrayer's over there. Jack, you got yourself a call? Yes, sir. You got yourself a call, Jack. We just just got one right here. Can we we listen in on it? Absolutely. Uh, Sir, do you mind if we put you on the air? Yeah, sure, go ahead. What the hell do I care? Okay. <laughs> All right, great. Uh, John, this is Larry from Los Angeles. Uh, thank you, sir, so much for contributing. Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a good guy. <laughs> N- not even good, I'm, I'm a great guy. How about that? And listen, can we talk about these things you give with the donations? Uh, sure, uh, the premiums, absolutely. Yeah, seriously. You know, come on, what are these? Are you kidding uh, well, for, first of all, we have the Night of Too Many Stars oven mitt, if you give $50. No, no, I saw them. Uh, okay, um, we have a ski mask. No, why, why would I want that? <laughs> um, well, these are our premiums. So. Premiums, really? No offense, but doesn't the word premium connote quality of some sort? I mean, what am I going to do with a ski mask? Let me ask you, do you get a lot of cat burglars donating to your charity? <laughs> 
Yes, yeah, so Larry David makes a surprise call in. Um, really, really like that. Also in television, uh, where are we? April 13th to the 19th. Um, a real big blind spot in uh, Christopher's pop culture mm-hmm. uh, view. Well, because I was a little too old. And I love how this works out uh, because this has been one of Cartoon Network's most consistent shows ever. Ben 10 mm-hmm. uh, ends. Oh. Uh, ben 10, it ends. Original series ran 52 episodes from 2005. Uh, it ends. Ben is a little car- is a, is a boy with an alien watch called the Omnitrix that uh, is supposed to be used to experience to experience living through other creatures by infusing their DNA. But basically, mm-hmm. it lets Ben become different alien creatures. I'll let you All guess right. how many. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so he can become a teenage superhero. Okay. And a very, I, I want to say very popular. I just don't know any, I don't know any kids of this age who love it because the show mm. is still going on. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it's never or really, it still, it's, it's just never still really stopped. Because look at, the, here's how the news shakes out. April 15th, Ben 10 ends. Mm-hmm. On April 18th, Ben 10 Alien Force begins. Uh, and I think this is really interesting because it's set five years in the future. Oh. So Ben's a little older and the tone is a little older because they're obviously not aging their character over the years for Ben 10 mm-hmm. and it, the show essentially was allowed to grow with its audience oh, that's nice so I changed its tone a little bit yeah. and there's a, a new one airing now and it, it's it's not as cynical as like that Power Rangers thing where they change every year so mm-hmm. kids don't think they're watching something old it's growing I don't know I don't know what it looks like now uh, wish I was more of a fan I'm sorry everybody uh, but also we see the end of Rob and Big Uh-oh. the MTV reality <laughs> show uh, Christopher Big Black Brown uh, Boykin or Big as he's known uh, famously broke two Guinness World Records on the show oh. for eating the most powdered donuts <laughs> and eating the most bananas and ironically died of heart failure in 2017 is that ironic really? yeah I know I know <laughs> Try, I didn't, I didn't want to make too big a joke out that's of it that's too bad um, but also bananas are so healthy was it too much potassium <laughs> you can't overdose on potassium but a show that I think doesn't get enough love and there's not a lot of information of it out there and there's not enough people pirating it so I can watch it yeah human giant yeah human giant ends damn it. and that was after uh, I think famously they did a 24 hour MTV marathon where they did sketches and improv live for 24 hours oh my god in order to get a million clicks on their website so that MTV would renew them for a second season I believe they were going to be renewed but because the cast, uh, it did not. This is Paul Shearer, uh, Rob Hubel, and Aziz Ansari in an MTV sketch show. It, knowing what you do about MTV now, like, how did this get on here? The Hills is still airing. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, relatively That's a unknown. Good question. Funny I mean, people. what was their previous? I mean, was the state the most recent sketch show they had done? There, no. there must be something. It's like in an between. Andy, the Andy Dick shows in there. Oh, was a sketch yeah, show. Yeah. But MTV has almost always had a sketch show until I guess the last couple of years. Mm. But Human Giant was pretty fucking good, and yeah. I think they couldn't do it because Mr. Anzari signed on to a little show called Parks and Rec. Mm. Uh, but I wanted to play a clip of one of my favorite sketches, uh, Rob's Vagina. <laughs> uh, Rob's Rob Hubel's Vagina. I'll let the clip speak for itself. Features uh, you know, it features a guest oh, appearance by uh, Nick Swartzen. Oh, man, what the hell? What's up, dude? Pictures of my vagina leaked onto the internet. That is not cool, dude. I told you, you gotta be careful, man. Man, those paparazzi guys are everywhere. I gotta make sure my vagina is not exposed when I'm out in public. <laughs> dude, that's <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah, man, this is not cool. Oh, man, it's my agent. Hello? You Bell Peace Prize, what's up, buddy? What's up? Hey, buddy, my phone's been ringing off the Captain Hook. Ever since those pics of your badge leak, dude, your vagina is blowing up. Really? You've been on every celebrity website, magazine, blizzard, 
You've got so much heat, buddy. It's Rick Dazeless. <laughs> this is awesome. Thanks, Peter. Call later with some odd dish. Peace of Middle East. Holla at your boy! Hey, what's going on? Hey, man. Pictures of my vagina leaked onto the internet, and now I got all this buzz. All because of your vagina? All because of my <laughs> vagina. Wow. His vag is bulimic and it's charged with DUI. Dude, your vag is all over the place. Check this out. Rob's vagina spotted with Orlando Bloom. Aragon, sweet. Hey, Hubert, what's up with your vagina kicking that reporter in the face? Why does he make all those comments about Asians? I'll never forget the name of that sketch. It's wonderful. Rob's vagina. Human giant. Check it out. It's on DVD. I was half tempted to go pick that up because I don't think there's a lot of life left in old sketch shows from MTV and Comedy Central on DVD. Uh, but moving into games of 2008, April 13th to the 19th, we've got one big uh, big one. Yeah. And I know even Diana has heard of. Mm-hmm. Okami. Oh. One of the greatest games ever. It gets a second shot at stardom on the Wii, uh, now with worse controls. <laughs> uh, but it, at the time, I wish, I, I really liked being around. We were working in the game's press. Okami was a beloved game on the PS2 that came out very late in the cycle. I'll just say it. I think it looks too foreign for a modern audience. It's essentially mm. Zelda, but stars... Uh, it's like a, It looks very Asian-y. Um, yeah. But Cell Shady uh, stars Amaterasu, a forest goddess who restores life uh, to the planet. It's very... It's, it's huge. It's got plenty of shit to do. You can paint stuff uh, to bring stuff back to life. It's gorgeous. has great music. Um, and it kind of failed miserably and caused this studio to close. It was a real big Aww. bummer for people who like great games because it, it sold so poorly. And then almost right away, the Wii comes out and people are like, oh, we can dump PS2 games onto the Wii and it has a paintbrush mechanic that we can use with the motion controller. And I don't remember that being particularly bad. It just we all, nobody cares about the Wii anymore. No one wants to control a game like that. But it got, yeah, I think it finally made its money back. Hmm. It justified its own existence, and where where we stand in the Capcom universe, Amaterasu is pretty well known. Now, after Okami has come to all these other systems, mm-hmm. coming to the Switch as of, as of right oh, now, well. it's really Still really going, fun, huh? really really pretty. You would love this. I remember I made an Earth Day video with is just it, footage from the is game. Is it the same game, or has it been like updated versions that? Only with still... only with remastered high definition, but it's oh, okay. always the same game for oh, the wow. most part. So and so that's long legs. Ten years is still coming, and it's coming ten to years. Switch. Yeah, because like it's it's kind of slowly discovered. It is a long game. I have never finished it because it's oh. so long. But it's it's charming and enjoyable the entire time. Really well paced, and of course this is notorious for. Uh, ugh, they printed out the boxes, and it was you could see an IGN watermark in the bottom of the box. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yet another Capcom box here. A wonderful thing to live through. Anyway, folks, uh, that wraps up the show. 302010 uh, is a wrap. Um, leave a comment. We love to hear your comments on uh, 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com. If you'd like to support the show, which supports us, which helps the studio stay alive, up and running, pay for our hosting, all that garbage, we are almost entirely listener-supported at patreon.com slash lasertime. You can get an exclusive weekly bonus show. We have hundreds of uh, movie and cartoon commentaries, audio and video commentaries, um, and we want to get back into uh, playing stuff with uh, some of our patrons. Cost costs you less than a cup of coffee every month to keep your favorite podcast on the air, uh, which we should be your favorite podcast. Uh, if not, Laser Time should. A weekly topic-based show. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, a weekly video game show, Video Game Apocalypse. Uh, hosted by Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez. Um Diana, where can people find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. And you know what that means. Yep. we got to talk about some deaths. Who died uh, in this 1998, week? Linda McCartney died. McCartney. She's only 56. Fucking cancer. Yeah, you know, you know what? I remember I was watching The Simpsons Live because she has a dedicated to on whatever mm. episode it aired this week that I should have gotten yep. and spoiled that for myself. No. But I'm not spoiling <laughs> the birthday quiz for nope. myself. Give me a birthday quiz, I best you can. Okay, well, first let me give a shout out. This week will be the hundredth birthday of William Holden. He is Whoa. no longer with us, though. But mm-hmm. yeah, freaking William Holden, man, in uh, Starlog Seventeen or Picnic or Network. That's the word to recognize. Yeah, he was <laughs> awesome. Anyway, for the actual birthday quiz this week: uh, turning fifty, April nineteenth, born nineteen sixty-eight. Uh, I, someone we've mentioned, I think, on uh, this episode, or no, we've mentioned members of her famous family on this episode. But her films include Ruby in Paradise, Heat, Smoke, A Time to Kill, Kiss the Girls, Simon Birch. Ah, Ashley Judd. There you go. Boom! Ashley yes. Judd. Got it. Showing up Don't at the Oscars with everyone else going, fuck you, Harvey. <laughs> it was the far- fuck you, Harvey trio. I love that. That's wonderful. What are we closing out with, Dime? Well, it's up to you. I'll. We got a couple options because there are many songs in Forgetting Sarah Marshall that I like. <laughs> There's a bunch of covers of things in Hawaiian that uh, I like, like These Boots Are Made For Walking or Nothing Compares To You. Or there's a song uh, Jason Siegel sings about himself, about how much he sucks. It's up to you. Let's go with Peter, you suck. Yeah! Check out Forgetting Sarah Marshall on Netflix. How about that? Yeah. We'll see you next week, people. Hey, bye. Because Peter, you suck. Peter, you suck. Peter, your music is fucking terrible. Peter, you suck. I hate the psychiatrist. Well, go see one anyway. I don't like the psychiatrist. You need to go see one. See a psychiatrist. I'm not going.